We this morning are, as I mentioned previously, are in, are in Isaiah chapter 11. A shoot from the stump of Jesse is our theme for the morning. I first, though, have to give a confession as I get started today. I am not, my training, my schooling was not in biology, and yet I'm going to try to help you to understand, or actually probably maybe show my ignorance this morning as we talk a little bit. Uh, my, in fact, as a, as a pastor, as a, as a religion major, uh, my science class in college, I only had one, and it was natural science for religion majors. And so I, I probably am as far from a biologist or an arborist as, as is possible. And yet, I don't think that you have to be well-versed in, I even have to look up the word here, I don't think you have to be well-versed in dendrochronology to understand how you can find out a story by looking at the cross-section of a log. I just happen to have a cross-section right here. You don't have to be a biologist or a dendrochronologist to understand that there's stories that can be told from the rings inside this log. There's going to be a picture that's on the screen. You can, can even begin to see kind of what I mean by the story that comes from the rings in the log. Most of us know, I think, that each ring or approximately each ring that you see here is about a year in its growth. And so you can count the rings. If you could get a magnifying glass and see this cross-section, you could count the rings all the way out and have a general idea, at least, of how old this tree probably was before it was cut down. You also can see other things. As you can see on that, that picture there, you can, you can see its initial growth right there in the center, its very beginning. And then you can begin to see seasons where it was rainy, which meant that it actually grew more. So there's a larger gap between, between the rings on the, on the tree. Sometimes there's a much smaller gap. Maybe they had a dry season or a drought. And so there will be a number of rings that are very close together. Um, on that picture in the, on the screen there, you can see it has the scar from a forest fire where, where a fire came through and, and so there's a marking there inside the cross section of the tree. You can see the story, you can see the story of the tree just by looking at the cross section, by seeing the rings. Many of you, I don't have a picture of this this morning, but many of you have probably seen pictures or even seen in person a, a giant redwood or sequoia tree. Which, which has gigantic stumps. In fact, I, I had a picture. I didn't put it on here this morning, but there's a picture from this last spring when my family and I went to California to visit my grandmother. And we went to the Sequoia National Park and we were able to see the giant redwood trees that were there. And they have, they have a trail called the Big Stump Trail that we walked on. And uh, we would, we would walk and there would be this gigantic stump. And you, there's a picture I have of my kids playing on this gigantic, huge stump. I mean, just massive. And you continue to walk down the trail, and then there's another massive stump, and another massive stump, and we just kept walking, thinking, when are we going to see the big stump? Even though these stumps were big enough you could put a house on them. They were gigantic. You can learn a lot by seeing the cross-section of the tree. You can see the story of the tree. And in fact, you can even see the story of history the, those big giant redwoods, sometimes they have a cross section that looks like this and, and you can see there's markers across them. And I, I don't have a picture of that for you, but, but there's, there's dates 
This, you know, th- this date probably was 1492 when Columbus sailed across the ocean. This was when the Declaration of Independence was signed. Um, this was, was when JFK was shot. This was when the guy that cut down the tree was born, right here towards the end. You can see the story, not just of the tree, but you can almost see the story of history playing out across the cross section, across the cross section of the tree. And even if you didn't have a cross section, even if you didn't have a piece of wood like this to hold, even if you didn't have the tree, if it had been, been chopped up and logged out and, and it was gone, you could still kind of tell the history of this tree and the history of that area just by looking at the stump that's left in the ground. You don't have to have the piece of wood. You don't have to have the whole log. You don't have to even know how tall it was. But if you could just see the stump you would be able to have part, at least, maybe most, of the story. And think, if you were to go to a place, a, a, a forest, where the trees weren't there anymore, but there was just a forest of stumps, you would still be able to get a little picture of what happened. A little bit of a history even though there was only a forest of stumps. In Isaiah chapter 10, right before we get to the verse that I showed you earlier in chapter 11, Isaiah takes us to a forest of stumps. Let me read it to you a little bit here. In verse 24 of chapter 10, it says, Therefore, thus says the Lord God of hosts, O my people who dwell in Zion, be not afraid of the Assyrians when they strike the rod and lift up their staff against you as the Egyptians did. For in a little while, my fury will come to an end. My anger will be directed at their destruction. The Lord of hosts will wield against them a whip as he, when he struck Midian at the rock of Oreb. And his staff will be over the sea as they lift and lifted as he did in Egypt. And in that day, his burden will depart from your shoulder and his yoke from your neck and the yoke will be broken because of the fat. Then he goes on to say, he has come to Aeth, he has passed through Mirgon at Mikash, he stores his baggage, they've crossed over the pass, at Geba they lodge for the night, Rama trembles, Gibeah of Saul has fled, cry aloud, O daughter of Galam, give attention, O Latius, O poor Anath, Mandamin is in flight, the inhabitants of Gibbon flee for safety. This very day he will halt at Nob. He will shake his fist at the mount of the daughter of Zion, the hill of Jerusalem. Behold, the Lord God of hosts will lop the boughs with terrifying power. The great in height will be hewn down. The lofty will be brought low. He will cut forth the thickets of the forest with an axe and Lebanon will fall by the majestic one. Isaiah takes us. Isaiah takes us to a forest of stumps. Isaiah takes us to a forest of stumps and says, look what has happened here. The mighty one with his axe has laid them low. Before I jump into verse 11, or chapter 11, verse 1, I want to just explore this metaphor with you just a little bit. I want you to picture, if you will, that we are with the prophet Isaiah. We're right here at the end of chapter 10. And we're walking through the forest of stumps with Isaiah. And he's leading us around. 
And he's walking us towards the stump. He's kind of the keeper of the forest. And Isaiah walks us around and he takes us to this, to this stump. It's, it's gigantic. It's huge. And he says, this stump, this stump that you see right here, this is, this is the Egyptian stump. It was a strong and mighty tree. It was huge. It ruled for a long, long time. It had lots and lots of power. In fact, most of the, the strength of this stump was built on the backs of my people even. Our people were slaves. We built so much of this tree, of this stump. And yet now, that's all it is, is a stump. And he takes us a little bit farther and he says, this, this tree right here, this this stump, it's not nearly as big as the other one, but this is the, this is the stump of the Amalekites. They were, a, they were not as strong as the Egyptian, but they were a thorn in our side. We battled them off and on, over and over, but now, now the tree is gone, the kingdom is gone, and there's only a stump. And he walks us a little bit farther and he says, this, this stump over here, this was the, this was the, the Jebusites. Their tree is not very large, but they were sure in our way. When, when Moses led us out of Egypt and we were supposed to come into the promised land, they were already there. And we were frightened of them. And Joshua finally led us into battle against them. And we finally thought we could destroy them, but we never did quite take them all the way out, even as God had commanded us. This tree stood way longer than it should have, but now it's not a tree anymore. Now it's a stump. And over here, this, this stump, this is the, the Moabite stump. You know about the Moabites. They were a thorn in our side as well. We battled them off and on. We had peace with them. We didn't have peace with them. We intermarried with them even though God had told us not to. It was a pretty good tree. In fact, we, we liked that tree. They protected us some. But now, now it's just a stump. Takes us to another one. This one is... It's a gigantic stump. You can tell that it was a super, super, super tall, giant tree. And he says, this giant tree, this Goliath-sized tree, that's the Philistine stump. We battled them a lot of different ways. There were a lot of people that came against him. We lost a lot of people to the Philistines. This was a gigantic tree. He says, you can't tell it from the stump, but legend has it that this tree fell over with just one stone slung from a slingshot, started the whole process of toppling the entire tree to the ground. And now, it's just a stump. It's just a stump, Isaiah says. He says, this, this one over here, this, there's still a tree here, he says, this tree here, this is the Assyrian tree. They're our current nemesis. They're always up against us. They seem formidable. It seems like this tree will never come down. And yet the promise that God has just made is that he is going to lop off the bows. And with his axe, he is going to bring down this mighty tree, Isaiah says. I know that this tree is going to become a stump. And then he takes us over to the, to the other part of the forest and there's, there's trees that are just beginning to grow and he, 
he looks at them and they have names as well. And he says, you know, this, this tree here, it's, it's, it's going to be huge. It's going to be large. In fact, we're, we're starting to worry about it. It's the, it's the Babylonian tree. We think that, that it may be a thorn in our side as well. And we're not even sure how it may affect our country, our people. But there's more than just the Babylonian tree. There's, there's other trees. There's a, there's a Roman tree that's beginning to grow. It's going to be huge as well, Isaiah would say. And then there's more way. They're, they're really tiny now, but they're way in the future. There's, there's, there's an American tree. There's a communist tree. There's a Muslim tree. There's all of these different things. And he says, we don't know how they're going to, how they're going to turn out or what, how, what effect they're going to have on, on the story of the world. But he says, history is pretty clear as he waves his hand across the rest of the forest. He says, history is clear. No matter how big they grow, no matter how strong they get, no matter what kind of power or influence they think they have, the story is clear. Every single kingdom, every single nation ends not as a tree, but as a stump. They all end as a stump. If history is any indication, all of these will be a stump as well. Every nation gets cut down by the axe of the majestic one. Isaiah continues to take us on this tour. We've, we've walked through, we've seen all of these stumps. Some have been quite impressive. And we come to another part of the forest, I think. And this part, it's, it's a little more taken care of. It's, it's still stumps, but you can tell that Isaiah spent a little more time here that, that this part of the forest is a little more important to Isaiah. He says, this forest, this part right here, this is, this is our people. These are our trees. These are our stories. And he takes us to, to one stump and he says, look at, look at this stump. This is the stump of Adam, he says. In fact, if you look at the very early smallest part of this stump, all the other trees have belly buttons and this one doesn't have that. This is the stump of Adam. He was created without. He was created. He doesn't even have that smallest part because he was created as an adult. But it's not a tree. It's a stump. It says over here, this, this stump, this was, this was Noah. This, this stump over here, it's, it's big. It has lots and lots of rings. This is the stump of Methuselah. He lived longer than anyone else in all of the Bible. He has, he has more rings than any other tree. But, it's a stump. It's a stump. He says over here, we, Joseph, he was, he was so important to our people. God worked in mighty ways through the story of Joseph, and yet, it's a stump. And then he goes on, and he says, these are our, our judges, and he says, you know, you know Gideon, we thought that Gideon was going to save us, rescue us from all of those other, all of those other people, all of those other kingdoms that were battling up against us. Gideon rescued us from the Midianites. He was the one that God used. And yet, it's a stump. There's a Gideon stump. There's an Ehud stump. There's a Samson. It's really strong, but it's a stump. And then we get to the next part of that little forest and there's there's a Saul stump. Isaiah says, you know Saul, he was our, 
our first king. We yearned, we pined, we hoped, we prayed that God would give us a king. That that was what we needed. That that all these other countries and people had risen up against us and all we needed was a king. And if we had a king, everything would be different. And finally, God, you gave us a king. His name was Saul. And he did not turn out in all the ways that we had hoped. And there's a stump of Saul. It says this stump over here, this is a really nice looking stump. This is a, 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 a glorious stump. This is the stump though of, of Solomon. He was a king as well. He was a strong king. He was a wise king. God, you blessed him and you blessed us through him. Our nation grew and grew because of his kingship and the way that you worked in him. And yet, Solomon is a stump. Isaiah would have history now of some of those kings and he would be able to point out some of those other stumps. He would say, this is the stump of Jeroboam the first. He was a horrible king. In fact, he split our nation. He split Israel from Judah. He led a rebellion and divided the kingdom. It would never be put back together. He thought he was a strong tree, but actually he's just a stump. Jehoshaphat was a good king. He was a strong tree, but now he's a stump. Ahab was a rotten king. He had a rotten wife. Ahab and Jezebel together, they were a strong couple. And yet now, all that's left is a stump. He says our our king right now, Hezekiah, he is a good king. His tree is still standing, but if history is any indication, he will end. With a stump. His son Manasseh. He would be the next king. He doesn't look so good. Isaiah would say. So we look towards the future. Manasseh will not be a good strong king. Fortunately. He will end. As a stump. You see the picture. Don't you? As Isaiah leads us around. He says everything, all of these things, all of these, all of these kingdoms, all of these leaders, all of these rulers, everyone that we had put our hope in, all of these things that we thought they were going to be the end, they were going to be the hope, they were going to be the future, they're all stumps. And they're not just stumps, they are dead stumps. There is no life left in these trees. They are stumps. But then he says, but come with me. There's one more that I want to show you. I want to take you over here to the, to the stump of Jesse. There's something that you have to see. There's something we, we are so grateful for it as we see it here in our forest. Come with me. And you walk over to the stump of Jesse. He says, you know Jesse, right? Jesse was, was David's father. Saul was not the king that we had hoped he would be. And so... God had told Samuel to go and to anoint a new king out of a new line, a different family. And so Samuel went to Jesse. And he went to the, to the sons and he thought the first one might be the king. You know the story. And God said, no, it's not, it's not the oldest one. It's not the second oldest one. It's not the next one. It's not the next one. He says, don't you have any more sons, Samuel says to Jesse. Jesse says, I, I, I do. I have, I have one more. He's my youngest. He's, he's out tending the sheep. It's, it's David. Samuel says, bring him to me. He's the one. And so, 
David comes. Samuel anoints him. David becomes king. And his kingship is, is, is good. It's strong. He's a man after God's own heart. But you know what? At the end of David's kingship, you know what he is? A stump. A stump, just like all of the other ones. And Isaiah says, the stump of Jesse, it's been dead for a long time. But, he says, come, look, see what's happening at the stump of Jesse. Look what's happening in the stump of Jesse. And he says in verse 1 of chapter 11, there shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse. A branch from his roots shall bear fruit. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and fear of the Lord. His delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide disputes by what his ears hear, but with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity For the meek of the earth, he will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth. And with the breath of his lips, he shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt of his waist and faithfulness the belt of his loins. The wolf shall dwell with the lamb. The leopard shall lie down with the young goat. The calf and the lion will be fattened together. The little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear will graze. Their young shall lie down together. The lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play over the hole of the cobra. The wean child shall put his hand on the adder's den. They shall not be hurt or destroyed in all my holy mountain. For the earth shall be full of knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. In that day, Isaiah says, the root of Jesse, who shall stand as a signal for the peoples of him, shall the nations inquire. And his resting place will be glorious. His resting place will be glorious. Isaiah takes us on this tour and then he says, look, look at this stump of Jesse. There's a, a sprig, there's a shoot, there's a, there's a branch. It's not huge, it's not glorious, it's not marvelous, it's not, it's not unbelievable yet. But he says, look at this stump where there was death where there was nothing, where there was no hope, where there was just what had happened to every other ruler and every other kingdom and every other person all the way through from the very beginning of time. Look at this stump. There's something different about this stump than is different about any other stump in all of history. In the entire forest of history, there's something new and different and hopeful. There's a sprig, there's a branch, there's a sprout that's growing out of the stump of Jesse. And Isaiah says, this is who it's going to be. Isaiah says, the spirit of the Lord is going to rest upon him. The spirit of the Lord will be on him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding. He says, the wisdom, the wisdom of this man will be a giant reservoir of of knowledge. It will not know any end. That it will be unending. But he doesn't just have wisdom. He doesn't just have an unlimited reservoir of, of knowledge. But he has understanding as well, Isaiah says. 
He has wisdom and understanding. Understanding is, is the application of that knowledge. It sees to the very heart of the issue. The Spirit of the Lord is going to be on him. The Spirit of wisdom and of understanding. This sprout, this sprig that's coming from the root of Jesse, the stump of Jesse, will have wisdom and understanding. He also is going to have the spirit of counsel and of might. Of counsel and of might. This really is a picture of strategy and, and, and military strength. It's the ability to form the correct plan of attack and then the strength and the fortitude to make it happen. He has both counsel and might. Spirit of knowledge and fear of the Lord will be on him as well. Not knowledge or fear for their own sake, Isaiah says, but knowledge and fear of the Lord. He'll have a right understanding of his perspective. He will live a life of reverence before God. He will be filled with the knowledge of spirit, uh, with the spirit of knowledge, and the fear of the Lord. And his delight, Isaiah tells us, his delight will be in the fear of the Lord. His joy will be to stand before God. His joy will be to stand in awe of God. His joy will be to tremble at the terrible prospect of displeasing a holy God. His joy, his delight will be in standing before God. And then he says, this delight in the fear of God, this joy at standing before God and the prospect of displeasing God, this delight in the fear of God will make him completely and totally reliable in his ability to make judgments. He says he will not judge by what his eyes see or decide disputes by what his ears hear. But instead, this sprig, this sprout, this growth from the root of Jesse, instead, he will with righteousness judge the poor. He will decide with equity for the meek of the earth. He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt of his waist, and faithfulness will be the belt of his loins. He doesn't judge by the standards of men. But he will judge by the righteousness that comes from a holy God. This sprout of Jesse will be so different than any other ruler or kingdom that we've ever seen. And when he comes, when this tree finally grows into fruition, he will come and it will be peace. He says, in verse 6, he says, The wolf shall dwell with the lamb and the leopard shall lie down with the young goat. The calf and the lion and the fattened calf will all be together. And a little child will lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze. Their young shall lie down together. The lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play over the hole of the cobra. 
The weaned child shall put his hand on the adder's den. It shall not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain. For the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as waters cover the sea. He says, when he comes, it will be peace. A peace like we have never understood. A peace like we have never seen. Adam saw it. Adam saw it when he was in the garden. Adam and Eve saw that peace. But no one since then has ever seen. Since sin entered into the world and everything changed, no one has ever seen peace like that. And yet this sprout, this sprig that's in this stump of Jesse, the Redeemer, the Messiah, our hope will bring peace. A peace that we can hardly understand. A peace that we can only describe as animals coming together and children playing with deadly snakes. That kind of peace, which is almost impossible for us to believe. As Isaiah tells us this story, and we're sitting there listening to him expound on this sprig that comes from the stump of Jesse, I think... I think we would be there and we would be excited just as he's excited, as he's telling us about what's happening. Except we would have a different excitement because we're on the other side. We're on the flip side of the cross. We've, we have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, thousands of years between us and Isaiah. And Isaiah's telling us about this little tiny spring that's coming out of the stump of Jesse. And we would want to say, Isaiah, Isaiah, we know! We know about this sprig. We know what he's going to do. You see, his name is Jesus. He's born as a baby in Bethlehem. He comes to Mary and Joseph, but he, but he's, he comes in a stable. The angels declare his birth and the shepherds hear it. There's a star that shines in the east and the wise men follow it. Herod is so disturbed by it that he decides to have all of the boys of that age killed. And yet Mary and Joseph and Jesus escape. We know the story of Jesus. We know that when he's a young boy, he begins to grow in wisdom and godliness. And his parents begin to see it early. We know the story about when Jesus gets left in Jerusalem and he's found in the temple. And he's telling the religious leaders about God, his father. We know the story, Isaiah. We know that Jesus lives and he gets together 12 disciples. And for three years, he pours his life into them. We know the miracles that Jesus brings. We know that he gives sight to those that are blind. We know that he makes those that are lame walk. We know that he brings those that are dead back to life. We know Isaiah, we know the sprig, the sprout that's coming out of the stump of Jesse is Jesus. We know it's Jesus. We would want to tell him what we know from our side of the cross. We would probably want to say, Isaiah, there's, there's a tragic end really to his, to his life on earth. The religious leaders can't handle who he is, what he says he is, and the following that he has. So the religious leaders get together and they, they arrest him and they put him on this mock trial and they end up beating him 
And then they hang him on a tree. And he dies. But, Isaiah, that's not the end of the story. Jesus gets laid in the tomb and three days later, the stone has been moved and Jesus' body is no longer there. Jesus has victory over sin and death. This sprig that you see just sprouting out of the stump of Jesse, it's God's son. And he sends him to earth. Isaiah, we, would, we want to tell you the story. We think we have a pretty good picture of who this sprig is. You don't understand it, Isaiah, but we understand it. We know it. We're on the flip side of the cross. We have a picture of it. And we start to tell Isaiah all of that. And he says, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm only in chapter 11. He says, wait till you get to my chapter 53. Because when Isaiah, in chapter 53, hundreds and hundreds of years before Jesus is born in that stable in Bethlehem, he says this. 53 verse 2, For he grew up before him like a young plant, like a root out of dry ground. He had no form or majesty that we should look at him. He had no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised. He was rejected by men. He was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely, he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, afflicted. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his stripes, we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned every one to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. Like a lamb is led to the slaughter, like a sheep that is before its shears is silent. So he opened not his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away. And for his generation who considered that he was cut off from the land of the living, stricken for the transgressions of my people. They made his grave with the wicked and with a rich man in his death. Although he had done no violence, there was no deceit in his mouth. Yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him. And he has put him to grief. And soul makes an offering for guilt. He shall see his offspring. He shall prolong his days. The will of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Isaiah says, you see it from the other side of the cross. You know his name is Jesus. You can tell me the details of his story. But I know the promise. I know the promise of this sprig. I know the promise of this sprout. God promised it in the garden. God said there will be a redeemer. There will be a Messiah. You can tell me maybe the story from the backside of the cross, but I know what this sprig means. I know what this sprout means. I know. I know. This is our hope. This is the answer 
for my sin. This is the only remedy that I have to be made right with God. This is the only way that I will ever be reconciled is this sprig, this sprout. I know. I know the hope that comes from this root of Jesse. This passage shows up a number of times. This thought, this picture, this sprout of Jesse that comes from the stump of Jesse shows up a number of times in Scripture. You'll find it. Paul writes about it in Romans. It's in a number of places. But the last place I want to show you that it shows up this morning is in Revelation chapter 22. It's at the very end of the Bible. It's the very last page, the very last chapter. You see, at the beginning, if you go back and look at Isaiah chapter 11, the first one says that... that uh, he says, he, in, chap, in verse 1, it says that there's this shoot that comes forth from the stump of Jesse. And then in verse 10, it says that, that in that day, the root of Jesse will stand. That the stump, the top, or the, or the root, the bottom, really the, the beginning and the end of this whole thing is the promise. It's contained in the whole part. And at the very end, if you look in your Bibles, in Revelation chapter 22, it's at the very back of your Bible, the very last page, the very last chapter. The prophet, again, John, talking about the future, has a quote from Jesus in verse 16. It says, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you about these things for the churches. He says, I am the root of and the descendant of David, the bright and morning star. Again, a direct correlation back to Isaiah chapter 11. I'm the beginning and the end. I'm the root and the descendant. And then John ends Revelation. Really, we end the whole of Scripture. John says, Spirit and the bride say, Come. Let the one who hears come. Let the one who is thirsty come. Let the one who desires to take the water of life without price And then he says, in verse 20, he testifies to all these things, this whole book. He testifies to these things, and he says, Surely I am coming again soon. And he ends with, Come, Lord Jesus. Grace and Lord Jesus, the grace of Lord Jesus be with all. Amen. That anticipation, that excitement, that hopefulness that Isaiah has in front of the cross, when he sees the sprout that comes from the stump of Jesse. That's the same expectation and hope and longing that we are to have now. Come, Lord Jesus. He came once. He came once. And he's going to come again so that we might have all that Isaiah promised in chapter 11, all of that peace, all of the perfect rule and reign of Jesus Christ will come. And so, as we celebrate this Advent season, we are going to wait in expectant hope for when Jesus will return. The worship team is going to come. They're going to lead us. We're going to sing again this morning. The story of Advent is not just that we wait and hope and expect the Messiah to come the first time, but that we continue to wait and hope and expect because it's not done. That sprout, that sprig, that grows out of the stump of Jesse, it hasn't come to completion yet. And it is all, it's the only one in all of the forest that doesn't end in a stump. It's the only one that lives forever.
We're going to rejoice and hope in that together this morning. Please stand with me as we sing today. grateful this morning that there is one tree that will last forever. The mighty one has cut down all of the other kingdoms. It's cut down all of the other rulers and has left a forest of stumps. But there's one that we can hope in. One sprig that comes from the root and stump of Jesse. And it's Jesus. He has already come, he has already lived, he has already died, and he has already been raised again. And we hope in that. Our hope comes from his resurrection. But this morning we rejoice in anticipation that one day, one day he will return. And the lion and the lamb will lay together. The child will play with the poisonous snake and peace will reign for all times, for all peoples, for all who hope and rest the promise of Christ. So let us rejoice in that. Let us anticipate that. Let us wait in in an expectant joy this morning. We pray these things in your name. Amen. Thank you for coming this morning.